Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. He was kind enough to uh, move around today for us. We welcome back to the show. David Staples, he is Post Media's man on the pandemic, as well as the very popular cult of hockey. Hello, David. How you doing? Good, Bob. I just was watching the game and seeing Denmark score that goal. So I'm cheering for England, so not too not too happy about that. Not too ha- I'd like to see England and Italy play in the final, too. But the Danish uh, squad has been a tremendous story. I mean, they've overcome a lot to get the list. 0-2 start. They lose their best player in Ericsson, and what a story that is. And I, I might assert to you uh, that England, you know, the 11 that they're dressing versus the 11 that uh, Denmark are dressing, uh, there might be only one or two guys that would play ahead of the English, maybe none. Some people might tell me that all 11 starters, but that's uh, football for you, right? Like it is, it's closer internationally, obviously, David, than hockey is, right? You know what I mean? Well, there's, yeah, there's lots of teams that could win in uh, a European football game. Lots of, most of the nations can beat those nations on any given day, but in hockey, that's not the case. Like there's probably 20 European nations that are fairly competitive with each other in hockey. What is it, five or six? Well, think of what happened when Greece won in 2004. Nobody's, nobody's, Paul Almeida is listening to the right show uh, to the show right now, and I know Portugal won in 2016, but he's thinking we missed a chance back in 04 too. <laughs> so, right, and, yeah. it just, and, and I mean nobody saw Greece winning. They're they're seen as a bit of a minnow. Denmark, uh, I think a lot of people would say, well, that's been a little bit more competitive side. All right, let's get to it. Uh, I don't think there's uh, much to talk on the pandemic side, other than the fact that. Uh, are, are you concerned at all that we don't have enough uh, people with their first shots? I mean, we're, we're ranging up on, I think we're close to 50% in Alberta now, 49.6 and 12 plus the available uh, people to have uh, the shots. 49.6 as of yesterday, according to Alberta Health, fully vaccinated. Looks like we're at around 74% for our first shot. Do we need to get to 80? Is this something that Trudeau's going to bring up here and say, hey, we have to have everyone va- like? What's your take on what might happen next year? There's some talk about not opening up the borders till you get to a, a higher level of vaccination that we currently have. I mean, uh, I, at this point, Bob, it's a it really everyone who wants a vaccine, vaccine, they have a vaccine. You've been people have been vaccinated. It's you've been open everywhere. So if you don't have one by now. You're either putting it off because you don't think it's that big a deal or you're determined not to get one, which is also, you know, that's, it's a, everyone's personal choice to weigh, to weigh the thing and make their own mind up. So I'm personally, it's fine with me if people want to risk getting COVID. 
that's their business. I don't think we're going to get public health experts like Dina Hinshaw say it's highly, highly unlikely we'll have a public health crisis again from COVID. And that's just fantastic news. Um, Lots of people still choosing to wear their masks. I was at a store yesterday, Safeway, almost everyone had a mask on. Uh, Although at West Edmonton Mall, it was more like 50-50. So, you know, people are still choosing to be cautious, which is fine. But but it looks like, I mean, there's hardly any COVID at all in Edmonton. There's, I think, 130, about 130 active cases in a city of a million people. It's the disease is pretty much gone uh, from the city right now, so that's fantastic. All right, let's get on to the hockey stuff and the juice because, and we're just checking to see here. Spoiler alert: if uh, if an English player was offside, I believe that the flag was not raised, so Raheem Sterling has tied it for England. Oh, good. Well, wait a sec. Wait a, wait a sec. Let's. Uh, they're just. They'll go to VAR. Yeah, they're gonna go to. It's quite the thing. Uh, that looks like it's onside to me. Ooh, it's gonna be close. It's gonna be close. Uh, uh, so let's get to it. Uh, we've had lots of discussion, David. And you know it's funny with you because uh, you'd be have a little bit of fun. We don't agree on everything, and that's part of the, the situation. And I know that some people think you're an aggregator and you write off everything that has anything to do with Edmonton. And, and well, others. I do. <laughs> okay, so there you go. Uh, what do they What do they call that when you're clickbait? If they think you're clickbait, trying to drive those hits to uh, the site. Uh, well, that's also true. I am. I mean, that's, it's your job to be listened to, and it's my job to be read. So, uh, yeah, I'm not ashamed of uh, writing right, about so, what Oiler fans are interested in. That's well, what you, I mean, you great, talk about it every day on your show, the latest news. Great, Why wouldn't great, I write about it? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's great passion. And everybody has an opinion. I don't know if you heard the opening. One of the things I said is I wonder if the ask comes down for Chicago as we get closer to the drop-dead date for the protected list. And I know Brian Lawton thinks that what is true today may not be true Mm. a week from now. We've talked, because I've said, it's funny how interpretation, David, I've said on the show, it's my belief that Chicago does not want to retain any money. And people say, well, absolutely, you know, and they go crazy. Uh, I think we know the sentiment and the will of the people out there. Do you think there's, like, are people outright opposed to adding Duncan Keith, or is it about the price, or is it about who's involved? How do you sense that right now? I'd say a third of people are outright opposed. A third of Oilers fans are outright opposed to Duncan Keith coming to the Edmonton Oilers. These fans tend to put a lot of, at least on Twitter, Bob, which is not all Oilers fans, it's just select groups. So let's say it's maybe one in five Oilers fans or one in ten Oilers fans of overall, the overall community. And and they're fans who generally put a lot of weight in in on ice analytics, you know the shot metrics, and the shot metrics for Duncan Keith, which I don't put so much weight in, uh, and I can, I can get into why that is. But the people who put a ton of weight into that, they have the courage of their convictions of this. They they look at his expected goals percentage, and it was terrible last year with Chicago. It was one of the worst in the league for a defenseman. So they're convinced this player's washed up. That he's not just. Uh, like a someone who would who played tough first pairing minutes and might do better in second pairing minutes they're convinced he's done as a player pretty much and they're against the signing most fans though um are more open to him coming. I mean, they know his reputation. He's been a great player in the past. Still played first pairing minutes last year. Um, they're they're counting on the Oilers scouts getting it right. So so they you know they have a bit more faith in what the scouts are seeing on the Oilers and and thinking it might be okay if it, if they trade for him as long as the price is right. And that's really where many Oilers fans are worried about the price that might be paid. 
Yeah, well, and we've uh, look, we've talked about it. The belief is Caleb Jones would be part of the package. What are your thoughts? On, like, do we know what Caleb Jones is? And, uh, there's some people, like, here's the thing. I don't see Jeff Petrie when he was towards the end about to be traded, and there were some media guys that thought he needed to go, okay? As you know, David, you listen to the show. I was not one of those guys. I'm like, he's a six foot three right-shot defenseman. You put in 250 to 280 games. To me, he's a top-four defenseman in the league right now. I don't see Caleb Jones as a top-four defenseman. He couldn't even play in the playoffs this year. He had it. Now, I will say, I might have thought the leash might have been a little bit longer on him in the regular season than it was. But I don't think he, he's, like, Petrie to me was definitely a top four. D, where are you at with uh, Caleb Jones? Uh, well, let's start with Petrie. I really hated to see him go. I thought he was he was going to be a top-pairing NHL defenseman, at least top four. And, and I d- didn't understand that trade at the time. Uh, before the season began, you and I often talked about Caleb Jones. And, and I was, pr- maybe you were optimistic, and I think I was even more optimistic, that he would step in to the top four and earn a job here in Edmonton, and it just didn't happen. He His play took a step back this year. He was iffier on defense. He was prone to... to to mistakes, Bob. Like in the worst, he was prone to giving up breakaways. He was prone to turnovers, and turnovers in your own zone are the kinds of things that can quickly escalate into goals against. So he just he he was making mistakes and kind of making the most glaring mistakes, and he looked like he had maybe confidence issues. Now maybe that's because the coaches didn't. <laughs> maybe it's one thing led to another. Whereas mistakes led to his coaches not trusting him. Coaches don't trust you, so you have confidence issues. And, and I, I'm just guessing at that. That's how the player looked. I don't know what's going on in his head. So he looked like a player who could be a top four defenseman heading into the season. Yep. And he took a step back. And and it was a pretty it was a it was a pretty major step back. And and you don't get that many chances in pro hockey. It's a highly competitive business. There's all kinds of players coming up. There's Broberg coming up. There's Dmitry Samarukov coming up. And um, who can take his place as the shiny prospect with you know. So I just think it's it's flip a coin on whether he's going to have a lengthy NHL career or not. He might, but he might not. And I'd say it's about 50-50. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer uh, with you. Brendan Escott will be back tomorrow. Thank you to Angie Quinnell for making a quick edit to the fly and also to David Staples for holding the line here on Oilers Now. We're talking uh, a bit about Caleb Jones, a bit about uh, maybe what makes sense, what uh, doesn't make sense regarding uh, Duncan Key. So, D- David, as we were concluding that conversation, um, in Caleb Jones' case, he had an iffy year. I think there's still a lot of people that are pretty high on Caleb Jones. Uh, do you think, like, like it's interesting, right? People in hockey will tell you all the time, every organization in the league overvalues their own players. I don't necessarily believe that's been the case in Edmonton at times. Case in point, Jeff Petrie. I think there are some people that weren't that high on Jeff Petrie in the orders. I might even argue of Taylor Hall that there might have been some people internally that were questioning a bit how good they were. Uh, obviously, we have McDavid and Dreisaitl. Nobody debates how good those guys are. Uh, so do you think Caleb Jones can ever get to be in a top-four defenseman, in your opinion? I think he's got a, I don't know, one-in-five chance. He, okay, he, you know, he's not a young defenseman anymore, but I think he's got a chance. I don't think it's a good chance. I think, I think that chance is still there. I mean, again, before the season, if you had asked me that, I, I would have said, you know, I think he's got a three-and-four chance because he had really played well. Uh, kind of against weaker competition, he had done. He was progressing in a way that made you think, "Yeah, this guy can do it." 
No, he, he had every opportunity, Bob. Um, he, he, the first three games of the year, Kurt Levins, Bruce McCurdy, and I all rated him as one of the worst players on the orders in his first three games of the year. Now, that bad start might have been related. He had COVID, and he was a little slow out of the tracks, and he never really caught up after that. He only got a chance because Slater Cuckoo got injured again, really. And that's what opened the door for Jones to get back in there. And he seemed to be playing okay, but he never got – he never really looked – like he brought his A game this year. And, um, you know, there was, I think, maybe put a lot of pressure on himself. Maybe he just couldn't, couldn't get it together. But I, if, he can, if he can figure it out, he does have the skating ability and passing ability. He just needs to play sounder defensive hockey. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here. Uh, and again, what's maybe maybe what the the ask from Chicago today is may differ from where they're at four or five days from now. And the other part is whether or not the the agent, whether or not Jerry Johansson. I mean, Chicago's going through a little bit of a challenge off the ice right now. They're yeah. being, you know, and there's you know there there could be worse things for the Blackhawks right now than having a player like Duncan Keith taking out a full page ad in the Chicago papers thanking uh, the Hawks organization for the class that they've shown in their treatment and for facilitating a trade request not that anybody would ever think that maybe that sort of thing uh, uh, would make sense I remember Dale Murphy doing that two-time uh, National League MVP and played for the Atlanta Braves uh, one of the classiest guys you could ever meet I went and saw him at a, a speak at a, uh, an event back in like 1981-82 and you know, he did that, and it, it just, you know, the, the Sam Bowman could use a little bit of goodwill, too. So I'm going to be really intrigued to see what happens there. David, we've talked a lot about goaltending. Um, uh, and the goaltending that we had were, you know, whether or not you could take a first-rounder with the, uh, you know, uh, a first-round pick on, on goaltending. There's a couple in this year's draft, Wallstat and... Uh, Sebastian Kosa of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Brian Lawton says he thinks both players go in the top 20. What are your thoughts? Because the analytics suggest you don't take goalies in the first round. Or is that changing? Doesn't look like it's changing much, Bob. I just was going over the, pouring over the goalie draft records. And in the last uh, 14 drafts, only 10 goalies have been taken in the first round. And seven out of those 14 drafts, no goalie was taken in the first round at all. So in recent years, we've had uh, one goalie in 2019, Spencer Knight, and one goalie in 2020, Askarov. And before that, uh, the last goalie taken in the first round was Jake Ottinger of Dallas. And Ottinger actually had a pretty good year this year. So it just looks like NHL teams themselves have decided that it's not a good bet to take a goalie in the first round. And when you look at kind of the top players at each position, um, seems to be kind of borne out like that. It, you know, of the top scoring forwards in the NHL, two-thirds of them are uh, first-round draft picks. And of the number one demon in the NHL, of the top 31 guys, more than half of them are first-round draft picks. But when it comes to goalies, you look at the top 31 goalies for save percentage this year, just seven of them of the top 31 goalies for save percentage were first-round draft picks. Now, some of that might be because NHL teams are so hesitant to use a first-round draft pick on a goalie that a lot of the really good goalies slide to the second round, so it kind of distorts that a little bit. But it does seem like it's a bit of a risk um, that you're that when it comes to goalies, you're just you're more likely to find a good player in a later round than you are with forwards and defensemen. So there is some risk, but I don't think it it, it should rule out. Um, taking a goalie if if there isn't a year an exceptional goalie or two 
um, you know that you know there's examples of in in the recent in the recent decade of goalies taken in the first round doing very well Vasilevsky case in point so if there is are these outstanding goalies um, yeah it, you shouldn't rule it out but you should be cautious. You should be you should be extra sure that there's not a position player out there who's who's maybe not a little bit better bad. David, how do people uh, follow your Oilers stuff? Uh, on Twitter at D Staples. And uh, for all of your tremendous support, specifically from the far left, uh, how do they <laughs> how, how do they check out stuff for you politically? <laughs> on Twitter at David Staples Yeg. I find you quite centrist if it's any. Just so you know. Great. Okay. So, hey, thanks for playing ball today, David. Thanks, Bob. Talk to you later. You bet. Uh, David Staples joining us today at 135. We move John Shannon tomorrow. John uh, is brought to you twice a week by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Get your AC today with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. We go to this day in Oilers history. It is uh, presented every day at uh, this time by New West Travel. This September, travel a private WestJet charter flight to Whistler. Play four spectacular mountain courses. The details are at newwesttravel.com. On this day in 1966, that was a great year, man. England won the World Cup. Spoiler alert, they're tied 1-1 with Denmark at the half. It's been an exciting first half, by the way. Former Oiler Tony Circus Hercus is uh, born in Thunder Bay, Ontario. He played 36 games in the 97-98 season with the Oilers. He tallied uh, 19 points, not bad for a mid-season waiver claim. He was traded uh, with Bobby Dallas to Pittsburgh for Joseph Baranek, who, if I recall correctly, Mark Messier beat the living snot out of one time. I was not happy with the moose after that. Circus uh, once had a four-goal game in, in the playoffs for the St. Louis Blues. He had some ability. He played at North Dakota back in the day. Dallas played for seemingly everybody. Now, Baranek bounced around a bit as well. Uh, this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Experience a great golf holiday to Whistler, B.C. in a private jet to play four spectacular mountain courses. Details at newwesttravel.com. Tonight, Reed Wilkins has the face-off show for Wilhock Beef Jerky. Game five of the Canadians and the Lightning. Face-off show begins at 5.30. Puck drop, 6 p.m. Tomorrow, the aforementioned John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. George LaRock, Edmonton sporting icon, Montreal-based media personality. Special thanks to all of you who took time to text me today on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Share your thoughts on uh, Duncan Keith and on uh, goaltenders going in the first round of the NHL draft. By the way, Brian Lawton shed some insight on something that went down. We'll see whether or not people picked up on that at all. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.